This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to the Worth Recovery Podcast. Uh, I'm Amy. I'm your host here, and I'm the founder of Worth Recovery, and I'm a sex addict, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. So today, I am excited to be bringing you a few of uh, some questions from some of our listeners. Um, I wanted to share with you some of the emails that I receive from women throughout the world Um, asking about recovery, uh, questions that they have, things that they're dealing with, issues that are going on for them, uh, whatever it is. Uh, I get get quite a few emails um, from women who are looking for help and support. Um, I get from men too that are looking for help and support um, and that just resonate with the podcast and what I have to say and my own journey and the things going on for me. And so today I'm going to do something a little bit different than what I normally do and share with you some of those emails because I think it's important to know that you are not alone. Like it's not even just you and me, right? Like sometimes I think, you know, you you maybe get used to hearing my voice and you feel like you resonate with me, but it's not just you and me. Like there are thousands of women throughout the world who are struggling with sex addiction. There are thousands of men, but and and men are important. But I'm focused on the women. Uh, for me, this is this is a this is important to me. I feel like there are so many women who are just struggling with sex addiction, with intimacy disorders, with sex avoidance, with what whatever however your sex addiction manifests manifests. However your intimacy disorder manifests. There are so many of us struggling and if that's you just kind of hold up in your room and you don't really go out and you don't really meet people and you've never interacted with a man or kissed a man or anything like that, but you masturbate and watch pornography and read erotica all day long on all of your downtime, I get that. There was, I did that for a piece of my life. Whether it's you can't stop acting out with one night stands over and over again, whether it's compulsive relationship after compulsive relationship, whatever it is, however your intimacy disorder manifests, there are thousands, I would venture to say hundreds of thousands of us throughout the world struggling for the one thing that we really want, which is to be loved, to be seen, to be accepted, and and to just connect with someone for someone to see all of us and see like really see us and really hold space for us and and really connect with us in a meaningful way that's what all of us want and whatever it is that's getting in the way of that there are like i said hundreds of thousands of us throughout the world and i have been traveling the last couple weeks and, uh, and I've met with some of these women who traveled for a long way to 
to see other women and meet with other women in recovery. Um, one of them traveled multiple states to be able to just see other women in recovery and meet other women and see other sex addicts who are women, who are working a program, who are recovering. And it just touched me so much that, um, that there are so many of us struggling and it's so hard for us to find resources and for us to find help. So today I want to share with you a couple emails um, from people that have reached out to me because I want them to know that I see them and that I'm holding space for them. And I want you to know that you can reach out and that you can find support and help. So I'm going to, I'm going to share a few of those before I do that. It's, I'm already emotional and I'm not even like five minutes in. So this might be a difficult podcast. But before I do that, just a few quick announcements, a few quick things to uh, to speak to. We have coming up in August, um, our August and September, uh, the continuation of our Courage Conference series. So again, August 18th will be in Buffalo, New York. And August 25th will be in Atlanta, Georgia. And then September 29th will be in Bellevue, Washington. So get on the website, find out more information, put those dates on your calendar. Again, we're looking for women who would be willing to share with us some of their story, uh, their courage moment, and to be able to share that with us. So reach out. There's a spot on the website where you can do that, uh, where you can kind of just say, hey, I'm interested in this. And then you and I can schedule a call and we can talk about it. I just want to hear more women's stories. I want more women to reach out. So reach out Uh, You can just email me, amy, A-M-Y, at worthrecovery.com. I almost forgot my own email address. Amy, A-M-Y, at worthrecovery.com. I'd love to hear that. Um, Also, we have coming up in one month, the One Layer Deeper um, uh, Intensive about dating. So if you're struggling to date, if you're struggling to get back into relationships after being in recovery for a while... This is like the perfect event for you. I think so many of us just flip from one extreme to the other, right? We act out, act out, act out, act out. And then we, in sobriety and trying to find some recovery, we flip to the avoidant area and we don't get into relationships at all. And we just kind of avoid and we find it easier to stay there than try to re-engage because re-engaging means I might make a false step. Re-engaging means I might mess up big time. Maybe I'm going to even relapse. And that idea of re-engaging in relationships is difficult. So, uh, in, in collaboration with, uh, the thanks for sharing podcast, Jackie and John, uh, they both work at healing paths, a clinic here in Salt Lake. We are putting on this intensive for dating and recovery. So if you want more information on that, you can get it at the website, one layer deeper.com. O N E L A Y E R D E E P E R. In case you can't spell one, that was a joke. One layer deeper.com. We'd love to have you join us. We have a few spots left uh, for our intensive at the end of June. So just a few quick announcements on that. Um, also, we will continue our series on the drama triangle uh, in our next episode. So we'll bring you part two in our next episode. So that's coming up next week. But I am delaying that because I want to, I just want to speak to some of these things that are going on for other women. So let me pull this up. So I'm going to start 
um, with, I'm just going to use fake names here because, because I think it's important that we also respect anonymity. And though I've chosen to use my name and put myself out there, I know that you, my listeners, have not chosen that. So um, I'm going to just speak in general names and not use locations or, or things like that. So um, I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. So this email reads, Hi, my name is Mary. I'm a sexaholic. I've been in 12-step program Sexaholics Anonymous since 2012, and I just relapsed again. I found your website and podcast a couple of weeks ago after my therapist recommended it when I was asking how to get more connected to other women who were also working through recovery and sobriety. I was skeptical in listening to your podcast because ever since entering program, I've learned to become defensive and look for the differences in other people's opinions of program, women in program, and what a sex addict quote unquote actually is or isn't. But I find myself in the opposite boat at this time because of how much I agree, identify, and feel connection with what you talk about and what it looks like to pursue sobriety and recovery. It actually, it's actually incredibly difficult to listen to your podcast because of the hope in your voice. For so long, I've been one among many, a single woman in numerous rooms of dozens of men, and I have felt so alone and feel so alone. As a result, sorry, as a result, I've had to toughen my skin and become a fighter. In some ways, it's a good thing, but not always. I don't know how to let other women help me. I don't know how to have a community. I can't read and cry at the same time. It's like driving and crying. I can't do that either. Okay, sorry. I've had to toughen my skin and become a fighter. In some ways, it's a good thing, but not always. I don't know how to let other women help me. I don't know how to have community with people to allow them in. And not just a friend or someone who knows what's going on, but to really let someone in and help me to see the good and the bad and the ugly. When do I, when I do have the opportunity, it usually turns into code into, oh, sorry. When I do have the opportunity, it usually turns to dependency and worship of the other person. And typically they are male and unavailable. I don't know what to say, really. I don't have anything particular to say, I don't think. Other than that, you are here, you are out there, and you are speaking things that need to be spoken. And I don't like it. I don't like what you have to say. But I also don't know what else to do to not keep reliving this life and these wounds. I hope that you keep doing what you are doing. Mary. So, Mary. Your email broke my heart and gave me hope all at the same time. Because it's you that I'm doing this work for. It's you that listen to my podcast and cry all the way through it and think, There's no way I can do this. It's you that sit and listen in the comfortable to the uncomfortable feelings that come up when I talk about it. And you sit with that, right? All of you out there who listen and go through those feelings with me, you're the reason I do this because I've been there. I've sat in those rooms alone. I've sat in those rooms alone. And I have felt alone. I really relate to this idea of um, not allowing women to help or into my life. Uh, that w- that has always been a big part of my story too. 
Um, I, I think I just viewed women in so many ways as competition rather than people to connect with. Um, we were all competing for this scarce resource that we call men. And, and it was just this, you know, environment of who's up, who's down, who's, you know, who's more attractive, who's less attractive, who can, you know, whatever it is. Right. And I just kind of always got in that, that realm and, and having women in my life was difficult. I also think because of the complicated relationship that is my mother, having women in my life felt like a liability. And so, uh, women were emotional, right? I couldn't have two of us be emotional. Like I can barely handle my own emotions, let alone someone else. So I just really navigated away from women in general. And I'm also really happy to say that that's something I've been able to reclaim in recovery. Um, by finding women to connect with and and learning how to connect with women and learning the strength that is connection with women has really, really changed my life in recovery and really helped me and benefited me so much. I'm so glad that you reached out. Even though you feel like you don't have anything to say, even though you feel like you don't like listening to what I'm saying, but you keep listening, that's, that's what's important. It's important that you just stay connected with other women. If that's you, if you relate to Mary and what she has to say and her experiences, I would love to hear from you. Um, I would love to be able to, to talk with you, to be able to share some things with you. And, and I hope that we can somehow connect, uh, in person, whether that's you come to one of the events, whether that's we do recovery coaching, whatever it is, I hope that we can connect because ladies, you, you are not alone. You are not alone. You might feel alone. There might not be anyone in the room with you, but you, you're not alone in this battle or in this struggle. And, um, and it's because of you that I keep doing what I'm doing. Every time I feel discouraged or, um, have struggled this last year, the messiness of my life, um, has shown up in my regular, my regularity and podcasting and different things. Um, I get these amazing messages from you. I wish that somehow we could all like just share everything all the time. I don't know how to make that happen, but I'm so grateful, um, for, for you. And you're the reason I do this. And I, and yet I'm the one that I feel like I'm the one that's getting the most out of it in some ways. So thank you, Mary, I emailed you. Um, and so I hope that you'll reach back out and that we can connect, uh, because, uh, you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. Wow. It is going to be an emotional episode, isn't it? That's okay. Okay. Next email. It's okay because I do it, right? I can handle my emotions. Okay. This one. This one comes from Susan and uh, her message was titled Chronic Relapser. And she says, Amy, I'm losing it. I get to 14 to 21 days and then it all goes down the drain. I just started a new job six weeks ago and I can't get to as many meetings as I was going to. I'm now working overtime too. So I'm constantly struggling with HALT, like capital H-A-L-T. Um, if you're not familiar with that, it's a 12-step 
um, slogan, right, that says, don't let yourself get too hungry for the H, angry for the A, um, lonely for the L, or tired for the T, right? So uh, make sure that you're halting. That's kind of the, the phrase that we that we use. And we pay attention to um, our hunger, our anger, our loneliness, and our tired, um, being tired. So she continues, the money's great, but I need the sobriety and the recovery. I just switched from SA to SLAA, so I'm getting used to the new program too. There aren't as many SLAA meetings where I live. I'm so frustrated and so discouraged. Any suggestions would be helpful. I do have a sponsor and I'm seeing a CSAT therapist. I'm beginning to make phone calls again. I was on a roll a few months ago and am picking up speed again. Anything you have to offer would be helpful. Thanks. Susan. Wow. Um, I, I really get that. I spent the first 18 months of my sobriety or my recovery. It wasn't sobriety. I spent the first 18 months of my recovery, uh, chronically, chronically relapsing over and over and over again. And the shame that that causes and the defeat that I felt just the, how much, how defeated I felt that I would never be able to do this, that I could never get back on track, that, I was just too far broken or too far gone that I just couldn't do it or that I just wasn't a good, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't a good enough person or a good enough, you know, religious person or I wasn't good enough in therapy or I didn't go to enough meetings, like whatever it was, I just wasn't enough and I just couldn't make it work. Um, I spent 18 months kind of in that cycle. Thankfully, I had some good support around me that helped um, and they're kind of the, I'd say the main thing that I really had to do was to get honest with myself about this question. My therapist used to ask me this question all the time is, Amy, what is your, what is acting out giving you? Um, what is it that you're looking for that you get from acting out? I hope that question makes sense. Just kind of like every, everything that we do, we do because it gives us something you know, all behavior, my current therapist says all behavior makes sense, makes sense if you have enough, if you, you know, if you have enough information, if you don't have enough, if something doesn't make sense, that's because you don't have enough information. Uh, so if I'm chronically relapsing, if I can't get sober, that behavior makes sense with, when, in the context, when I have all the information. And so this question my therapist used to ask me is, you know, what, what is it that you're searching for, really looking for, or really needing that acting out is giving to you. And it it could be a variety of things. Um, Sometimes it was just, I was lonely and I was looking for someone to banter with or connect with. Um, It could be, I just wanted a hit. I just wanted a high. It could be, I wanted an escape from whatever was happening in my life. I just wanted out somehow. Um, It could be that I was trying to avoid something. Um, I was trying to just procrastinate having to do something difficult. And so I would get caught up in acting out. I did that quite a bit. Um, There's just a variety of things that could be happening that's causing me to want to act out or driving me to that. Um, And so I did a series of episodes. They're called Slips, Trips, and Falls, um, where I give you a worksheet. Uh, We call it the Slip Autopsy Worksheet, but it works for relapsing too. And the idea is you know, what, what were the events surrounding this, you know, this relapse? What was I feeling three days ago? What was I feeling two days ago? What was I feeling yesterday? What were the events that might have caused some emotional 
turmoil for me that might, you know, have driven me to acting out. The idea is to uncover all of this hidden information that we have around us that we're just not really aware of because of our intimacy disorders. Uh, that was a big part of me finding sobriety that worked, was starting to develop this awareness of the different things going on around me and how they were impacting me. I had just kind of turned that off. I was so like turned off from that whole idea of what, what was going on around me. Um, and that's not true. I was very attuned with what was going on around me. I just wasn't attuned with how it was impacting me and how much of the garbage going around me that I was picking up and internalizing. And it's when I started to develop that awareness of how much I was picking up and how much I was internalizing that I started to change my behavior and started to see these patterns. When, you know, for me, a lot of my acting out uh, revolved around when I was going to spend time with some of my family members. Um, And so I would kind of a few days before, maybe a week before I was going to go and spend time with my family, I would start to reach out to men um, online or on dating sites or whatever it was. And I would get these, you know, five or 10 men kind of hooked and go through the weeding out process so that I'd had maybe like one or two before I would take a trip to see my family. And then I would see my family. And while I was there, I would have these one or two men that I could text back and forth or sometimes even have a call with. And then when I got home, I would have someone to act out with. Now, I didn't gain that awareness until I was probably two years into recovery. But that that was a that was a pattern that I had. And so the trick here is to really start to tune into what's going on around me and how is that impacting me. And that's where you're going to start to really develop and see these patterns and be able to to change your behavior to stop relapsing. Because acting out does something for us. It gives us something. And besides just a horrible shame cycle, it could be that validate. I mean, there's just a variety of things. It could be validation. It could be a whole host of things that you're looking for that you're getting from acting out. So I would encourage you to listen to the episode Slips, Trips, and Falls. I'll put the links to those episodes um, in the show notes for today's. And then also download the worksheet. I'll also put that link there as well. And really start to look at why am I doing what I'm doing? What is the, what's the driving force behind this? What is it that's going to to drive this for me, that's driving me to act out. Um, Because there is, all behavior makes sense. I love that Jackie says that. She's my current therapist. All behavior makes sense. Um, And if you don't have, you know, when you have the right information, if you don't have, if it doesn't make sense to you, it's because you're lacking some information. And so we need to gather that information of what's going on so that we can start to unravel why we do what we do. So Susan, I, I hope that's helpful for you. I, I feel your pain. And I know that many of our listeners um, and our Worth Recovery uh, con- uh, community feel that pain too. We go through that chronic relapsing over and over again. And, and we don't know how to pick it up. And sometimes we just don't pick it up. We get defeated and we, we just leave it. I'm telling you though that, and I 
want you to hopefully really feel this inside is that you don't have to relapse. If you'll do the work to find that information, you don't have to you don't have to live that cycle over and over again. And I hope that you understand and um, will trust me when I say that you are worth recovery. You're worth that effort. You are absolutely 100% worth the effort it goes through to figure this out. It's hard work. It's so hard. I was talking to um, one of the, the women that I coached the other day and we were just talking about how in recovery, like in recovery, the payoff is backwards from how it is in addiction, right? So in addiction, we act out and we get a temporary high fix, whatever you want to call it, right? We instant gratification, we act out. And then we deal with the the shame and the pain and the fear and all of that afterwards, you know? And that becomes like the after party <laughs> is that a hangover, that shame, uh, lust, hangover, whatever it is you want to call it. And in recovery, uh, it's totally backwards. We have to dig into the pain first and the payoff comes at the end. And a lot of us, we don't understand that. And we start to dig into that pain and we're like, uh, wait, I'm supposed to be like getting better and this sucks and I don't want to live here and it's hard and it's painful and there's so much going on and I feel in conflict and I actually have to like feel my anger and I don't want to and I've been shoving this down my whole life and and we get into this whole, you know, idea that like, this isn't supposed to be like this, right? Like I'm entering recovery. I'm supposed to be healing. And you do eventually heal. But it's like that, you know, it's like that that wound, right? That we had to like peel the bandage off and then we have to dig deep and clean it out. And if we don't do that, if we don't dig deep and clean it out and we just put the bandaid back on, then we're never going to really heal. And we're going to end up in the same patterns over and over and over again. And so... I think it's important to understand when we get into recovery to look at that, that mindset has to switch, right? In addiction, we worked on instant gratification with the payoff instantly and the shame afterwards and the pain and the emotion afterwards. And in recovery, it's totally the opposite. We deal with the pain and the shame and the emotions all up front and the payoff comes at the end. And if we don't understand that, we can really get lost in this process of recovery because, or we just give up on the process of recovery because we don't get that payoff at the beginning. So Susan, I hope you find that helpful. Mary, I hope that you find this helpful to just kind of review these two emails. I've got more. I was planning on doing more, but we're running out of time. So I'll do another episode and share some more. I've got one from uh, Korea that I would really like to talk about and share, and I've got a few others. So ladies, I just want you to know that I'm serious when I say that you are 100% worth recovery, that you're worth it. It's hard work. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of change. It's a lot of uncomfortable feelings. And you're worth that effort. You're worth the price that it takes to find recovery, to find real relationships, to really dig in and understand why you've been doing what you've been doing. And I feel privileged and, and honored to be able to hold that space for you and to be able to share that space for you because I know so many of you just aren't seen. They're, your, your worlds are created in such a way that there is no one seeing you. 
and seeing the pain and the struggle that you go through. And there's no one holding space for you in their lives. So I want you to know that I am. I want you to know that I mean it when I say that you're worth recovery. No matter what has been going on, no matter how far you think you've fallen, no matter how alone or how shameful you feel, you are worth recovery, 100% worth it. I know that. And if you don't know that, you can just trust me until you feel that for yourself. There's not a woman I've ever met in this whole journey and process that I haven't wanted the very, very best for and that I haven't wanted them to have a successful recovery in life. And I feel that way about all of you. Whether you reach out to me or not, whether you're listening for the first time or not, I, I want you to know that you're worth it. I think about you and I pray for you and I love you. I hope that you'll continue to reach out to me. And I hope that we can continue to build a community together because there is strength when women put their time and effort together. And I want to be that for you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.